Hey, you, you came back for another podcast. Thank you. Yay. Thank you for that. Woo. Yeah, you know what? We're digging deep because we've got thoughts on waterbeds, thoughts on UFOs. We'll also take a taste of uh, Desjardins and Desjardins as well as Jay's Jams. And you remember that time you messed up big at work? We're digging in on that too. Thanks for checking us out. Jay, Sharon, and Chantel. This is the Morning's Rock Podcast. Yesterday on the show, I accidentally turned on my microphone during some commercials. <laughs> Thankfully, it was for a couple of minutes where I wasn't swearing like a sailor, which is rare. <laughs> but it got us thinking, what's the biggest mess up at work you've ever seen? Hey, maybe, maybe it was you. In the grand scheme of things, that one really wasn't all, all that bad. But everybody screws up, right? Oh, so yeah. share it with us at 1197.7. There's nothing like that feeling, though, and we shared it yesterday because in, in our separate careers, we've all had that feeling of, oh, my God. There's yeah. a sinking feeling of, what did I just do? Your heart drops, and you have that moment of, you know, it's fight or flight, right? Mm. <laughs> you can't leave. Yeah. I guess you could. Um, but that, that nervousness of like, oh, my God, what did we just Did we do anything? Did we say anything wrong? Are we going to get in trouble? My brother, who also works in radio, at his first day of work at a morning show he was doing, he had a truck that had his face on it, and he sideswiped the pole in the parking lot parking it the very first day they bought the truck for the radio station. Oh, my God. And he crushed the entire side, like the whole side of the truck on his oh. first day. <laughs> Which is, was it his face? Did his face yes, get crushed? Yes, it was his face. got crushed. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's funny. That's irony. I like that. And I'm his brother. I'm like, well, you probably, it probably looks better now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jay and I both had incidents yesterday. Jay with his mic on. And me, I can go into this, like, document and I can steal from our sister station some of their sports. So all I have to do is, like, copy and then you paste it into ours. You mean be inspired somehow, by is what you yeah. mean. It, no, no, straight up by. stealing. Okay, straight fine. up stolen. <laughs> stolen con. <laughs> but if you don't hit, like, copy, it, it can just, it can, I hit delete instead. So I deleted the poor guy's script over on our sister station TSN. So he was like three minutes away from going on air with no scripts because I ninja in there and deleted it all for him. And I had massive panic until Sharon was like, no, no, control Z, control Z. And I did it and it put the script back and I was like, yeah. Wow. But that panic, you get a little flush because your system goes, ah. I had one. Uh, done? I had one at the beginning of the pandemic when we recorded the music video we did for "I Won't Back Down." Right, the Shom team. We did a big video. It was yeah, great, I watched it. It was great. Great booster, and everybody loved it. And it was in the copy process. I was copying the link to post to something on mine, and I have no idea what happened, <laughs> but the post was gone. Right. So the post that had got like. Hundreds of reactions. And spent hours and hours went into the editing to make sure it was perfect, I'm sure. And, and, and it wasn't that. like we didn't have access to that. My boss was concerned, as a boss should be, about the numbers. <laughs> yes. You know, the numbers generated, the likes, the comments, the whatever. Yeah. Those were gone. And I have no idea how it. it happened. So. And I blocked out details, I'm sure, because of the, the, the PTSD nature But you got it, it back. I re but I was thinking about it last night and I was sitting in the same spot I remember sitting going, I don't know what's happening. I don't know. And then they, you know, we were able to post the thing again and then regenerate oh. comments and likes and stuff. But our boss was sort of like, well, the, the yep. traction on that is we're going to have to start all over, which is fine. In the grand scheme of things, it wasn't nobody died, you know, but like my heart sunk and I hated that feeling. See, for Jay and I, it both ended up fine. For you, you screwed up and it was never fine again. I don't know. Is that what you're that. saying? No, I don't. But it did. You didn't get the video back. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh yeah, we reposted the video. That's why it was. It but, was. But you lost all the traction. The traction, the, yeah. the comments, the oh. views. So, if right. you're listening to us right now and thinking to yourself, you guys know nothing about workplace screw ups, because what you're talking about <laughs> is literally <laughs> so your little your little musical jobs on the internet. That's the bar we've set for you. Yeah. So let us know. <laughs> I have the ultimate workplace screw up because I almost blew up three city blocks once. I was 16. I was working at a gas station, a co-op gas station. And I was filling up a cab with propane. And my mind kind of wandered. And you're supposed to only fill up the propane tank to a certain point. Obviously, you do not fill it. And I, like I said, wasn't paying attention. I snapped to it. I looked at the gauge and it was pinning oh in the red. God. And I, I freaked out. I shut off the propane. I had the guy drive over into the parking lot and I physically bled propane out of the, like, pssst. And I talked to my boss about it afterwards and he said... Had you have filled that car up to capacity, the cab would have exploded, which would have then exploded the propane tank, which would have then exploded all of the fuel tanks, which would have then blown up three city blocks. Oh. So, yeah, I did that. Wow. That couldn't have impacted a 16-year-old at all. Exactly. Oh, my God. I know. That's a lot. Employee of the month right there. Right? (laughs) And then I got promoted to manager. (laughs) That didn't happen. Eleven ninety seven seven. some great texts as well. Yeah, this one came in. Good morning. I worked for a bank and accepted $37,000 of a discontinued foreign currency from a non-client. Oh. Gave him Canadian cash. Oh. Now, in my defense, Google didn't exist back then. He came in with a, you know, a really good client who was a lawyer. They knew exactly what they were doing for me. Whoa. Wow. So you have a client that's a good client. They come in with... with- this other person, so you a then character. trust the good the good client. Of course, I'm assuming yeah. the good client never came back again. Yeah. and this was like laying Probably. the foundation to rip the bank off for like thirty seven thousand yeah. dollars. And then they made a movie about it. They did, and Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. and Tom Hanks, <laughs> yeah. which is a great flick. Another catch me too. if you can. What? <laughs> it's true. That's a great oh. movie. Great movie. Uh, Morning Gang from uh, Nils uh, was cutting out a threshold on the outside of a building with a torch and the insulation in between the exterior walls caught fire. (gasps) It was attached to several others. Could have been bad. Uh, Knew one of the firefighters. (laughs) An old rugby friend. Very embarrassing it was. (laughs) So it happens too. Once you you say something that could have been bad, you realize the situation was uh, fixable and then you recognize a firefighter and you're embarrassed. So many many of those (laughs) workplace stories start with, and then I set it on fire. But it was or, fine. Or I almost blew it up. Yeah, there's that. Now, 5147-I-know-0977. Patrick's been waiting. What's your story, Pat? Uh, well, basically, I was working a student job at, uh, like, a wine and beer uh, place where you buy your stuff, but you could also bottle it there. And uh, I had a customer uh, that was mine. I had a few bottling sessions in that, in that day, and the customer was supposed to come, and I dropped his carboid. 30 liters of, of red wine all over the, oh, no. the little shop there I was working in and uh, had to improvise so I had to grab somebody else's wine and uh, mislabel it that wasn't exactly the, the right type of wine Uh oh. but uh, <laughs> I was able to uh, I was able to uh, pass that under the cracks there but I had to pick up the mess in a record time and uh, bleach the place and it was it was terrible <laughs> Meanwhile, somebody's got 30 bottles of a Merlot, and clearly they wanted a Syrah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, dro- and, well, I dropped a, a very, very deep wine. It's like a Amarone or something, so it's like very, very, very dark and oh, uh, What a mess! Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Then they have, they never found out that you switched other wine? 
Well, my my boss helped me, and she 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 did the sneaky part, but it was my idea. But she's like, <laughs> okay, Pat, you know, let's let's commit, let's commit to it. <laughs> let's commit to it. You had an accomplice. That's good. Good boss. Yeah, she she yeah. Uh, she she had to go to the dark side a bit, but uh, hey, totally. who hasn't? <laughs> I picture you guys and Dexter hiding the body together. <laughs> Well, that's where, my, yeah, it's like a, the, basically where I was working. It was like, kind of like a kill room minus the plastic uh, walls, you know? Yeah. But, uh, and the body, of course. Uh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Thank you for sharing that with us. All right. Have a good day. Show rocks. <laughs> Absolute worst workplace screw-ups. And I love it when my friend Chantel says, oh, I got a bunch of those. <laughs> <laughs> How many do you want me to tell? Oh, it's a surprise. <laughs> Which one do you want? <laughs> Alphabetical order? Uh, so, Hockey Night. You you wear a cute dress, right? You got to get all dolled up. You get your hair done, your makeup done. You wear a dress, and then after the show, you change into sweatpants. That's like the kind okay. of thing. And I changed into my sweatpants after the show. Nailed the show, by the way. If anybody watched, <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> and then it was time to pack up my stuff. So I grab what I think is my dress and I throw it, which is like just in a heap on the ground, and I throw it into my suitcase and I take it back to the hotel. But in this road trip all i had to take back home was the dress basically some underwear and a bottle of wine that i wanted to take back home to montreal okay so this is rattling around in the suitcase and of course because i'm an idiot i get back to montreal i hadn't packed a lot of things so the the wine was just <sighs> smashing around in the suitcase and it exploded covered, covered the, dress the dress in red wine oh and, and I home and I'm like, oh that sucks and it was this like nice light colored dress. I pick it up I'm like that's not my dress. <gasps> Uh-oh. You ruined somebody else's there's this, dress? There's this other host I worked with who was much more senior than I was, and I must have picked her dress up by mistake, threw it in my suitcase with a bottle of wine, covered it in red wine like a murder scene, and then I tried to dry clean it, and of course it doesn't come out, and I had to take it back, and I said, hello, and I'll, you know, I won't say her name, but it's not many girls that worked at Hockey Night, and I said, I'm really sorry, I must have stolen your dress, and I doused it in red wine. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me let me pay for the damage. <laughs> and she was like, "Who are you again?" And then she said, um, "No, it's fine. Uh, don't worry <laughs> about it." And then she never spoke to me again. Wow! Someone yeah. did that to Don Cherry once, and they still haven't found the body. Seven nine zero zero ninety seven seven. Yeah, for sure. We've got Philip on hold. Philip, you've got a workplace uh, screw up. Uh, well, uh, worst screw up. Nineteen seventy nine Pratt and Whitney United Aircraft Plant One graveyard shift. Two thirty in the morning, I get a call to go try and fix something that is wrong with one of the uh, treatment areas. Uh, I take the book out to find out that I have to do a certain job on a certain uh, card in the processor. So I get there, I follow the instructions, uh, just to find out that uh, the process for fixing the problem had been changed. And I just scrapped over $30 million worth of pieces. Oh. $30 million? Whoa. Yeah, this is uh, 1979. Oh. And these are aircraft, part, uh, aircraft engine parts. Whoa. Oh my God. What happened uh, after? You win. Yeah, well, I, I worked there for another four years before they said, uh, <laughs> okay, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> four years of payback. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's like 30 million in 1979 terms. That's yes. A quadrillion today. That's a bazillion dollars. <laughs> You're the reason airline flights are so expensive. <laughs> Thanks for that. Hey, thank Have you for telling day. us the tale. We appreciate it, my friend. Have a great day. Good day, sir. At a dash of Montreal, a handful of rock.
and some impromptu laughs, <laughs> and you get Mornings Rock with Jay, Sharon, and Chantel. Show 97.7. So, listen, I, I posted this on my Instagram, and it completely blew up at Jay on Show And I got to tell you, response overwhelmingly negative. Not one single person thought this was a good idea. Yeah. Mm. An Australian family's golden retriever died after a long and happy life, and the family, this is not a joke, had him turned into a dog skin rug. No. And the, and the video is essentially them petting the pelt. Yeah. And that's what got me to not comment because I didn't stay on long enough to do any more because I'm like, no, 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 no. Hard no. No, thank you. Please, God, no. I mean, as someone who's just lost a golden retriever this summer, um, you know, we, we weighed our options. There's there's the ashes. There's the burying. There's the, you know, stuffing him and mounting him above the fireplace. Also wrong. Right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I saw the rug for the first time and I thought, wow, d- d- definitely no. Maybe Maybe like a coat. I would what? wear like Cody as a no. coat. No, I wouldn't wear Cody as a coat. No, this is disgusting. Hard no. Yeah. Just no. some of the, your, your comments to the question, cute or creepy, here's what you said. I would cry every time I walked into that room. Exactly. <laughs> it's a hard no. Yep. How about a very big pile of nope? <laughs> <laughs> they say I won't even let my kids watch this video and I let them watch some pretty crazy stuff. This is a hard no. <laughs> Love, love, and loved all our dogs, but no, this is way too creepy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very weird. I love you the know passion. they were petting it. Uh, that's the thing because it looks like no the passion of the comments, not the passion of oh, being okay. compelled to do this. Because it looks like a flat a flat Stanley dog, you know, like <laughs> stuffed might actually look like the dog. This looks like the dog has been rolled over. So oh, the passion God. behind comments like Jay, this is not okay. This is not okay. Like it's so my gross. Fault. Like I made this family do this. <laughs> yeah, not cute or this? creepy, disgusting yeah. and undignified. What a way to treat their family pet. Wonder if Grandma gets the same treatment when she passes away <laughs> after a long and happy life. Oh, the Grandma rug. Ah, <laughs> oh, yuck. <laughs> my personal favorite comes from my own sister, Amy, who wrote, I actually thought it was just a really skinny dog at first. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, I love you, Amy. This is the Morning's Rock podcast from Show 97.7. By the way, whatever happened to water beds? There was a time in North American history where one out of every five beds sold was a water bed. For real? For real. One out of every five. One out of every five sold. Wow. In the late 70s, early 80s. Some of the first celebrity buyers of waterbeds, Hugh Hefner. Shocking. And the Jefferson, Air, and the Jefferson Airplane. Um, my friend's my friend's older brother had a waterbed, but it, expl- it got a leak and it like flooded the whole bedroom because there's so much water in it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so I think yeah. that's what happened to the waterbeds. Like they just started popping and then people were like, hey, a regular mattress will never flood my bedroom. I never liked waterbeds. No? No. They- How come? I'm not sure exactly. I, I yeah, I dated a guy that had a waterbed. No, no, no. Go Chantal's on. eyebrows just went up. Oh, Go tell us more. <laughs> well, here's the short story. I married a woman, so maybe it had to do everything to do <laughs> with the waterbed. <laughs> but from a logical perspective, it does nothing for your back. There's right. no support. I have a sore back all the time, anyways. So I can't see. No, I no in the seasickness. That guy's listening right now, and he's like, if only I had a spring mattress. <laughs> Should have sprung for the Sealy Posturepedic. I had a, a waterbed when I was a teenager, and I also, um, coincidentally, because 
teenager, had a hard time getting out of bed. So I would always be late for school. So what Genius Jay did, because he slept in the basement, was the, the floor joists uh, the, the floor joists for upstairs were my ceiling. So I thought it would be a great idea to uh, duct tape my alarm clock to the ceiling. So the only way to shut my alarm off, which is really irritating, is I had to stand up on the waterbed <laughs> and shut the, shut the snooze off. So more often than not, I would just fall out of bed. So you were like one of those inflatable dolls at promotional events. What? Whoa. Inflatable amazing arms guy. I was. So here's one for you. 11.97.7. Did you ever have a waterbed? And we'll go one step further. Anybody listening still have a waterbed? Superior Waterbed pre-Christmas sale lets you save before Christmas. Huge savings on your waterbed now. Buy any superior waterbed now and get this free Kodak instant picture camera. Who was that man? for that waterbed commercial, an actual waterbed commercial from back in the day. On this, a throwback Thursday, a lot of people had them. Like I was saying, the stat stat bears it out. One out of every five mattresses at one point sold was a waterbed. And eventually it got to a point, as you guys were talking about, you had like a friend had a, a place flooded. There were a lot of apartments that would not allow them. It was right in the ads. Oh, yeah, that's right. No pets. No waterbeds, because you could obviously, it's a disaster waiting to happen, because they were so much work to put together. There's so and many if you had tests. a pet and a waterbed, oh, yeah. then you were really in trouble. Yeah. Well, if, if you were a super fly fellow with a waterbed and a <laughs> you know, button-up shirt that wasn't buttoned up, and you had a pet cat, you were in trouble. <laughs> Red flags. Chevy van. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my best friend in high school, from a text board, my best friend in high school had a waterbed. When I'd sleep over... I remember the two of us would wake up in the morning stuck between the two sides with a huge mound in the middle. <laughs> yeah. it, was like sleeping, it was like sleeping with a whale. That's from Jen. Thank you, Jen. That's not very nice. Uh, I had a waterbed for the longest time, the best bed ever. It was great for my back when I moved to Israel. I even had my father bring the waterbed to me there. Wow. Best beds ever made. That is dedication to the, to the WB. <laughs> the WB. <laughs> Uh, Natalie tells a great story, too, about loving her waterbed. It was the first large purchase that her and her hubby made when they first got married in 1990. Four-poster pine, six drawers underneath. It served us well through three pregnancies and the many nights when my hubby woke up squished against the side of the bed when he was in bed with uh, all of his women, meaning, obviously, the kids. Sure. Uh, Never sprung a leak, but about 15 years in, we converted it uh, and added a box spring. What? Wow. Interesting. Adding a box spring to a waterbed. Two traditional mattresses in the... Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Well, it was a success story for Natalie. Nice. And she says, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I, my mature self could survive sleeping in a waterbed every night, but once in a while might be fun. Careful, Natalie. You might have four pregnancies. <laughs> yeah. The motion of the ocean. Well, you know what's interesting that it may not actually be the case because we've also heard from someone who said, I, had, I tried to have sex in a really soft waterbed. <laughs> Let's just say... Didn't get off it, falling all over the place and all. So the floor was the best place, but we were so tired from all the work in the bed that didn't get us anywhere. We fell asleep on the floor. <laughs> we thought we'd we thought we'd finish with that one since uh, they didn't finish. And then see what he did there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no good times on the waterbed. So it's a fifty-fifty split, right? Yeah. People love their waterbeds. People love the memories probably more than anything. 
This is Desjardins and Desjardins. Life lessons sometimes learned the hard way. Show 97.7. So if you want to stay out of the slammer, when you drive across the border, Desjardins try to smuggle a spider monkey and pretend it's beer. <laughs> 20-year-old Savannah went to Mexico for a quick little holiday. Well, while she was there, she got a monkey. I get it. They're cute. She decided to bring the monkey back uh, home with her, so she put the monkey in a box, poked some holes in the box, and tried to cross the border. Now, the border agent saw a wooden box in the car with (laughs) holes and said, Hey, what's in the box, lady? And she said, Oh, you mean my box of beer? Uh, They were like, Hmm. Because the box was like, Hmm. Uh, that doesn't sound like beer. They opened the lid and there was a monkey. And instead of being like, ah, you got me, she speeds off. Just Savannah and Mikey the monkey, like a scene out of Thelma and Louise. Ran a light, nearly smashed into a bunch of people, including a police car, and yet somehow got away. And if you're asking yourself, did she lay low, Savannah, and enjoy her new life with her monkey friend? Nay. Instead, she started posting <laughs> online monkey ads to sell her beloved monkey and make a profit. She didn't love the monkey at all. That's awful. The cops caught her, and the monkey has since been moved to an animal shelter, and Savannah now faces up to two decades behind bars. Well, time flies when you're shopping for monkeys. <laughs> so, so in conclusion, the next time you see a monkey and think, I should smuggle him over the border, Deshar don't. Instead, go home, watch Curious George to get your monkey fixed, and adopt a dog instead. <laughs> This has been a Desjardins and Desjardins. Life lessons, whether you like them or not. From the West Island to the East End, Montrealers wake up with Jay Sharon and Chantal. This is the Mornings Rock Podcast. Show 97.7. We sit in judgment so often of each other (laughs) and so often others do of us. There was a recent Reddit thread. That was things that guys are sick of being judged for. Like if your hobby's not manly enough or if you like quote unquote girl drinks. It's a pretty interesting read. It's a quick Google if you want to check it out. But there's another one now, a similar discussion about women that is trending. And I'm curious which things from this list that you guys kind of identify with. Most. <laughs> most, most everything? <laughs> yeah, to a degree. Nothing gets to me as, as much though. Like, What's the biggest one? I think one of the ones that I get a kick out of is the wearing comfortable clothing one. As you can tell by my outfit today, there's a sweatpants, a baseball right. shirt. I'm in running shoes most of the time. Yeah. Comfortable clothes, whatever. If a workout could break out at any time. You never know. You know? I might have to lift, bro. <laughs> um but the idea, I think the the uh, the comparison between men and women is that you know men can wear shorts and flip flops to anywhere, right? And women are uh, always have to sort of jack it up a notch. And I'm not unprepared to jack it up a notch, but I'm certainly fine with coming to work in my sweatpants if need be. Do you think when we talk about things that women are sick of being judged about, do you think you're judged more harshly by men or by women? Hmm. Good question. Hmm. Probably women. I mean, I- yeah, I, I wouldn't know because I always dress up for you guys. Every day is a new outfit. Um, <laughs> so by new, do you mean the exact same? The same blue hoodie every single day. Some people have comfort uh, food. You have a comfort right. hoodie. It's delicious. There's probably food baked onto here from all the days that I eat in the hoodie. <laughs> delicious. From 11977, I'm always judged because I'm 44 and I've been single for the last 13 years. It's mostly the old ladies that don't get why I'm alone after a divorce. You know what? Decided to concentrate on raising my kids and finishing school. Since then, I've learned to do so much on my own. I figured that if I can butcher a chicken and grow my own food, 
I don't need a man in my life. LOL. There you go. And that's a generational thing too, right? Like the that you would need to end one marriage and you well, you gotta find a man. He's gonna take care of you. Mm-hmm. No, you can take care of yourself and then you find a companion who like you actually wanna be with instead of rely on. Yeah. Well, it's funny, when I got divorced, I had a real estate agent. I was buying a condo that I could afford at the time. And she's like, oh, this is, this is okay. You can get this for now, but soon we'll get you back on your feet and uh, we'll find you a new husband and we'll get you. And I was like, what? I was like, this this is the, like the most a condo that I can afford right now. And this is like a big deal for me. I've never bought my own condo. Also, this lady the, was like. Did the doc, did the doc like kidnap you, throw you in a DeLorean and take you back to the past? Yeah, and, were you in the right? 50s? So like weird. this was like literally 10 years ago. And it was just, it felt like it was 40 years ago. Eleven ninety seven seven or seven nine zero ninety seven seven. What's something that you're you're tired of being being judged for? It's a great list. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Uh, it's like a varied list too, because uh, Colleen says women judge way worse than men, and I think that that's true. Women are so quick to break each other down, and I know this because as a teacher, I work in an on. An almost all women workplace. I envy my husband and his sausage fest workplace. As usual, Colleen, <laughs> thank you very much. Guys don't so much um, try and make each other feel bad as we try and make each other feel bad, but we don't do it. <laughs> we don't do it by trying to cut down your self esteem so much as like we'll just any any type of weakness you show or any type of thing that we think we can make fun of. Right. But I think in a good environment, it's 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 in a loving way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it could be for sure. So I'm pregnant, uh, surprise, and I find that some ladies are like, ooh, you're not gaining enough weight. Like, are you, you know, kind of judgy like I'm not big enough? And then other girls are like, oh, starting to get bigger, right? And I'm like, you can't win. This is true. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. And it's that gray area, too, like even commenting on someone's size, pregnant or not. Especially the ones that aren't pregnant. You say, oh, when do you do? Like, you just have to have a a moment of uh, being present, you know, that they might not filter. Yeah. Filter. Well, Jennifer texted also being judged by that I only have one kid. My uterus, my ovaries, my decisions, she texts. So, uh, and, you know, it's very hurtful for people with fertility issues because it took years to have that one child. This is the thing I've been waiting all day to talk about on this list as well. (laughs) Things that women are tired of being judged for. They're tired of being judged for using the bathroom. Why can guys be gross and crass about bathroom stuff, but women can't? Here's the thing. (laughs) What? Chantel, Chantel was away for a week. And she was at a place that that, spe- that, that specialized in curries. <laughs> Did they ever? And every single morning, I got a breakdown of of Chantel's. And that post, was for your years only, guys. Post meal. I'm like, women don't mind talking about using the bathroom. Chantel was all over it. Not just conversational either. There was actions. Actions. Yes. Gestures. You talked about bracing. What was it? I braced my hands on both sides of the stall. and put my foot against the door lock. Do not enter. Do not. That is not not an issue. So there you go. And men always get really mad at women for going to the bathroom together. You know, they always say, why do women, we have our own cars, our credit cards, we have our lives, and we go to the bathroom together. The whole thing like garbage, you know. But the reason we do that is because we go in there to fart and burp our brains out. That's what we <laughs> We're back in a minute, Bob. Uh, oh. <laughs> Diane, pull my finger. This is the Morning's Rock podcast from Show 97.7. Did you know?
The Canadians report seeing UFOs at a rate of three times a day. Oh, here we go. <laughs> now, this is something I wanted to bring up because we mentioned UFOs yesterday offhandedly, and Chantel did that. But the stats bear it out. And we're curious this morning. And we love doing these topics while it's still dark. We love doing these conversations while it's still dark outside. Because it makes the old lady Chantel sound like she's just up and at him for the day. If you were oh, listening, here we go. if you were listening right now and you have seen what you think is a UFO, let us know. Eleven ninety seven 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 nine zero zero ninety seven seven. Now, recently, the U.S. Department of Defense declassified some video of pilots who, off the coast of San Diego, say they saw a UFO. They call it the Tic Tac incident. The Tic Tac incident. Yeah, it was a, a, a Tic Tac looking vessel that was hovering just above the, the ocean. And it appeared to be moving without propulsion and going at hundreds of miles an hour. This is actual cockpit audio from the incident. <laughs> Now, I'm, I'm looking, you can Google it. Just Google uh -huh. pilots who saw UFO, and this is what comes up every time. This is actual video from the cockpit, and it looks as if this tic-tac thing is hovering just above the water, and you don't see a trail behind it, no vapor trail like you see from a plane, and then it just is gone. So that's the reaction of the pilot going, oh, no, no, no. Exactly, that was okay. the pilot. Now, he's <laughs> not alone. There's another pilot that's flying out as well, and they've, you know, they, they say that these guys would never jeopardize their careers. Decades of right. time as Air Force pilots by lying. So explain that to me. And the reason I call it Tic Tacs is because, you know, at the end of the sighting, they were all left with very fresh breath. <laughs> so you know what? Make jokes if you want to. If you make jokes, make, make jokes if you want to. If that's your go-to, if that's your defense mechanism, because you cannot explain this paranormal mm -hmm. phenomenon. Right. That is unidentified flying object, Chantel, then you do yeah. what you need to do. I am, I am of the mind that this is entirely possible, but when you uh -huh. name it uh, after an object that exists, like a Tic Tac, right. then you could use your fancy camera and film something and use the Tic Tac as your prop. Do you know what I mean? I can see so you're where saying it's fake. I, I can see where it could be filmed as fake. Right. Yet, yet I'm all down with it. You so know, you're saying happening. that these, these, fence, these two U.S. Navy you get on the fence. <laughs> jet fighter pilots with decades of experience staged uh -huh. a Tic Tac UFO? I didn't say that. I just firmly seated on the fence waiting for company. Right. right. That it seated on the fence waiting <laughs> for know, company. It could have been called, uh, I don't know, anything else, but let's pick a Tic Tac. Wow. And I mean, it was it was a bit strange when a week later they saw the Tums incident. <laughs> I myself am a believer, and if you are too, back me up, shoot us a text, call. People are already starting to write in at 11977 telling us articles we should read of unexplained phenomenon. We're talking about the Pentagon, guys, actually saying that this stuff is real. Pentagon confirms leaked footage of pyramid-shaped UFO is legitimate footage. I don't understand why at this stage of the game why they would have to keep on hiding that information. Why is it concealed? Why is it... We can't talk about it. Like To quote Jack Nicholson, you couldn't handle the truth. Now you can. Yeah. But I, I think we could handle the truth. There's a lot of the truth that we get over the last few years that we don't even want. Okay. And we have to handle. But this is fun. Exactly. That's why I don't think it's real, because it would have come uh, out by now. Look how many years we've been on this planet. We would have known if there are aliens with minty breath. <laughs> Mornings rock. Jay, Sharon, Chantal, and all things unexplained. Oh, 
Listen. Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. Linda. Listen, Linda Naysayer. Oh, gosh. Canadians report seeing UFOs at a rate of three times, three times, trois times per day. Times. That's right. Three times per day. Now, 1197.7, great text. Man, you mentioned pandemic, we run out of toilet paper. Imagine what would happen if we had aliens. That's a good point. We were talking about the Tic Tac incident, which was a small craft, a massive craft hovering over top of the ocean, seen by actual Air Force pilots. Justin says, just could be another military vehicle being tested to see how their pilots react to UFOs. Yeah, because that's what the military does, wastes money on stuff like that. It's important to mention, though, the the it's a quick association from saying UFO to all of a sudden they're piloted by aliens, right? But right. UFOs could be anything. It's a good point. It's just an identified oh. f- flying object. Yeah, but there's got to be an alien inside flying it. It's not flying <laughs> themselves. That's what I'm saying, that there doesn't got to be an alien. But it is fun no. to think that way. This Isn't text it, as Chantel? well. Guys, read the Hotel Bonaventure UFO story from 1990. Now I'm familiarizing myself with the incident, but basically over top of the Bonaventure Hotel, mm-hmm. a swimmer reported seeing a massive object. It was in the Gazette the next day. Hundreds of people saw it, and very quickly, allegedly the government just put the documents under wraps. Which is amazing because, like, in just her, her incident, her swimming in the pool, there was 30 people then that saw it alone, right? So... Other 31, people saw- that was the ding. <laughs> yeah, that was the alien. Other people computer. saw it around in around the city. So it's funny when, I don't know, I really just, it sounds naive. I don't understand why you would try to wrap that up. Right. Unless you're doing um, something bad. I mean, I just can't help but believe that it's just like a satellite or something. And somebody, you know, everyone's like, oh my God, it's a UFO. And really, it's just like getting people internet or something. There's always an explanation. Well, One. Well, let's have it. Other thing in the article says, one little known fact, a little known fact there, <laughs> little known fact, Montreal actually considered to be a hot spot for UFO activity. Earliest recorded sighting dating back to 19, or 1663, a series of earthquakes shook Ville-Marie, the French religious colony that preceded Montreal following the trembles. Records suggest that serpents appeared in the sky, which oh. entwined themselves with one another and flew through the air with wings of fire. Wow. Well, that what, sounds like something you guys would believe in. do you need? That and a nightlife second to none. <laughs> <laughs> Come visit us. Someone said, uh, I don't believe in conspiracies, but uh, you'd have to feel a little arrogant to think you're the only one in all these planets. I agree. Which, like, Excellent. I agree. Fair enough. Yes. Fair enough. Yep. We and, are, but fair enough. And that the, uh, the, the Canadian mint made a coin to celebrate that uh, event. Wow. To, to oh, honor the anniversary of it back in uh, 2020. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's put a pin in that one for now. For now. New music, movies, shows you cannot miss, and so much more. All courtesy of the biggest head in Montreal. We measured. That's a huge noggin. Has its own weather system. It's Cheese Jams. Hey, kids. Hi. This week... Hi. Could I be any more of an author? (laughs) It's an Armageddon movie without Bruce Willis, and Pink Floyd returns to Montreal. First up, Matthew Perry of Friends fame has a new memoir out. It's called Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. I'm into it now. Lots of interesting stuff in this book. One of the stranger things, getting attention of rock fans, and I'm sure a certain son of a famous rock star, is that Matthew Perry and Valerie Bertinelli allegedly made out next to a passed-out Eddie Van Halen. 
Whoa. Matthew yeah, Perry yeah. says after Eddie got drunk on too much vino and passed out, quote, this was my chance. <gasps> if you think I didn't actually have a chance in hell, you'd be wrong, dear reader. <laughs> Valerie and I had a long, elaborate makeout session, which, by the way, she has not denied. Huh. Oh. Biggest theme, she actually did a great post online where she's like, anybody else making mistakes in their 20s and 30s? Like this girl? <laughs> Biggest theme of the book, however, devoted to the drug and alcohol addictions from which he has been in and out of recovery for decades for. At one point, Matthew Perry was taking 55 Vicodin a day. Too many. For, for the record. Yes, thank you, Chantel. It's a lot of, <laughs> it's a lot of Vicodin. This is from an interview with Diane Sawyer that I found for you. How does one person get that many Viking in a day, you may ask? Well, here's an answer. And I guess the weirdest thing I did was on Sundays, I would go to open houses and go to the bathrooms in the, soap, in the open house and see what pills they had in there and steal them. <gasps> and I think they thought, well, there's no way that Chandler came in and stole from us. It's amazing. That interview was very good. Yeah. Watched it last Friday. Yeah, it's it's like, intense. Imagine, though, wow. 55 pills of anything. Mm -hmm. Even with something that you liked. Also, at various yeah. times, a quart of vodka. Yeah, that's Because, you right. know, you got to wash them down. He's This guy's been in a lot of pain. 55 anything. 55 potato chips is too many. Yeah. yeah. I mean, jelly beans, maybe. Right. Fair enough. In theaters this weekend, <laughs> it is Armageddon time. It is not the sequel to the 1998 meteor crashing to Earth story with Bruce Willis. Oh, that would have been cool, too. That was a love story. This one is a deeply personal story on the strength of family, the complexity of friendship, and the generational pursuit of the American dream. Great cast. I suggest you go see this before all the Christmas movie, movies arrive. Anthony Hopkins, Anne Hathaway, and Jeremy Strong, who's so great, one of the, the greatest shows ever made, Succession. The United States stands for an idea whose time is now. Ronald Reagan will win tonight. What a schmuck. <laughs> I think I want to be an artist when I grow up. You're going to be an artist if you want to be. Nothing's going to stop you. You're going to college. You'll have dinner with kings if he plays his cards right. Mm -hmm. yeah, you cannot go wrong with Anthony Hopkins. And finally, Sharon and I were at the sneak peek of this last night, and it was awesome. 2014, I was approached by Pink Floyd to create an exhibition. And uh, at first, I was very uncertain about doing it, to be honest with you, because it was such a gargantuan task. I mean, to look at 50 years of this band um, and the history of it and everything that it's encompassed um, was quite daunting. But then I thought, you know what? There's nobody better to do it than me. I probably know more about the history of the band and the individual members than anybody else. That is Pink Floyd's creative director, Aubrey Powell. I wanted to play him because so often the people behind the scenes don't get the attention that mm -hmm. they deserve. And Sharon and I were there last night. It was It's phenomenal. It's so cool. The fact that Pink Floyd, uh, to my ear and I, are a band rooted in friendship and creativity that ended up blowing the minds of anybody who's ever listened. I mean, we went to see Roger Waters this yep. past summer, and that was really cool. And you don't have to be a Pink Floyd fan to fully appreciate the magnitude and majesty that goes into their music that just takes over when you hear it. And at the end, there's a gift shop. And that. An awesome <laughs> gift shop. Tickets for the exhibition on sale at www.pinkfloydexhibition.com. And that, my friends, is Jay's Jams. Jay's Jams are always available at Shome.com. Internet magic in mornings always rock. With Jay, Sharon, and Chantal on Shome 97.7.